Welcome to Mighty Creators, where we help creators produce content, grow audiences, and build revenue. My name is Asim Jalis, your host. Our guest today is Leo Guinan. Uh, welcome, Leo. Great to have you here. Leo is a serial entrepreneur and creator. He left a job as a software engineer back in November, started a startup, uh, and then ended up not making it work, shutting it down in June. Uh, but now he's on to his next chapter and uh, has learned a ton from his startup. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, also, I was uh, intrigued by your uh, two products. Uh, so one is Supercharge Your Time, which is about automation, and then uh, Feather CRM, which is a uh, CRM for uh, social media. Uh, so let's just talk about those. So tell me more about Supercharge Your Time and uh, what exactly is the value to creators? Yeah, so one of the things I realized as I was kind of exploring the, the creator ecosystem and I was trying to kind of build up my own presence as a creator is that there's all these tools that offer all sorts of automation possibilities and integration. And as creators, most creators don't come from a technical background, right? So I come from a software engineering background. So I started looking at how these integrations work and how they could really be utilized. But I realized that a lot of creators were not getting the maximum value out of it because they just they don't have that background. They don't know how to make systems work together. So what I am doing with Supercharger Time is I'm taking the things that I've learned as a from a decade of software engineering and trying to distill those down into the basic principles to kind of share that information with creators and small business owners so that they can really maximize the benefits they get from these different platform offerings. And so uh, I focused in a lot on like course creators, because not only am I creating a course, I went through the on-deck course creator fellowship, made a lot of contacts there. So that's when I really started to realize that there's a need because all these creators are trying to do all this stuff manually just because they don't have that background in automation or engineering. So they don't know how to make these things work. So what uh, platforms do you have integrations with? Uh, so right now, um, I'm focusing a lot on ConvertKit and uh, Notion, and then I'm kind of building out integrations with Twitter and looking at how that can integrate with other platforms. Uh, one of the things I believe in is not automating too much too quickly. And, you know, I, I realized, like, I, I tried it before to kind of make too many automations before I really had the audience or the need for it. So... I'm really focusing my efforts on figuring out the processes that work while helping creators who have already figured out that process, who have developed, um, you know, their, their own systems that, that work. I'm helping them automate those processes. So my course isn't necessarily focused in on like specific technologies or anything like that. It's really focusing in on like how to simplify down problems, how to organize it, how to collect data and kind of, um, use that data as a mechanism for kind of guiding automation. So ideally, you know, the creators who go through my course will be able to map out the processes they're already using and then, you know, integrate the products that they need. Because, you know, in reality, uh, there's a million different products for creators, a million different platforms that they're using. And, and as a creator, you kind of end up figuring out which ones work best for you. So I really want to give creators the tools they need to be able to maximize their efforts on any of the platforms, not just whichever ones I happen to be using. So that's why I kind of veered away from like specific product integrations and more towards like 
you know, the, the philosophy and the understanding behind like how to break down problems. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example of a workflow that would, that you have automated or that a creator could automate? So um, really one of the workflows I implemented for the course is I want to be able to, you know, send out a welcome series of emails to people who sign up for the course. So as part of that, I've got my email list in ConvertKit that I'm using, right? And I've included links. So I've started building out the course on Super.Fans. I've been working with Fernando, the founder of that platform, and he's kind of helping provide some of the infrastructure. So as part of that, you know, I've got a uh, type form survey that I'm having creators fill out ahead of time. So I get an idea of kind of where they're coming from, how comfortable they are with automation and that sort of thing. So I send out links via ConvertKit email sequences, right? And I include the links to the survey. And so one of the things that I like to track is where in the process students are. So I have it set up in ConvertKit to track if users click a link. Um, so they, if they click the link out to Typeform, they get marked in my, uh, they, they get you know tagged in ConvertKit's langu- uh, language with a tag of like supercharge survey started. And then after they complete the Typeform, I have it set to where it tags them supercharged survey completed. So at that point, I can tell exactly where in the sequence my subscribers are, or if they, you know, have signed up for the community on super. Um, that's something that I haven't been able to automate yet just because, you know, the platform's not set up to fully integrate, but I can still kind of use the same uh, pattern of like, you know, signed up for the community and that sort of thing. So ideally at any point, I'll be able to look at all my subscribers and see exactly where in the flow they are. That way, as you know, we get closer to the start of the course, if they haven't filled out the survey, I can then target them with another email blast saying, hey, don't forget to fill out the survey and, and do things like that. So it's really about building up, you know, the, the data collection um, with, you know, ConvertKit's mechanisms and then, you know, kind of integrating with Typeform to make sure that I can kind of tag users wherever they are in the flow. So it gives you much better understanding of, you know, if people are dropping off in the middle maybe, or uh, not completing, that could be helpful to to know as well. Exactly. In terms of just the philosophy of automation, what is your approach when you look at a process? Do you, when do you decide if a process should be automated or if it's fine to keep it manual for, for a while? So uh, I've always tried to kind of base it on the idea of minimum violation minimum viable automation. So essentially when I'm looking at a process, if I know it's going to be something that I'm going to be doing more than once, I try to, even if I don't automate the process fully, I'll at least automate small pieces of it so that I can, you know, build out larger automations as needed. So, you know, for example, the course, um, you know, as I mentioned, I've got kind of these tagging mechanisms in place these were really simple things to do so that in the future, as I kind of see what works, I can then automate these processes of sending emails, scheduling, and that sort of thing. So I plan out everything as if I'm going to automate it. And then I automate the pieces that I can do quickly within the flow, because then every time I go through the same flow, 
I automate a little bit more of it, a little bit more of it. And, you know, so every time that I go through the flow, I learn a little bit more, I automate a little bit more. And then by the end, you know, you're going to have a fully functioning automation that's informed by the data you've collected since the beginning. In terms of your own workflows, uh, what have you found some of the benefits of automation? So for me, uh, so I have ADHD, right? And so what tends to happen is in any workflows, I will drop details. That's something I, I've learned throughout my career as a software engineer. And I just recently realized that it's because of ADHD. But in the software engineering world, typically, I would just automate pieces that I found myself screwing up. So if I had some part of the build process that I, I forgot to check, uh, some, you know, some part of the system, and I ended up missing that, I would then automate that check-in. So I've really used that to kind of protect uh, everything from the effects of my own brain and just dropping details. So for me, automation has really been extremely helpful in that regard. And I found that um, you know, through automation, it, it's really allowed me to not have to worry about some of the details as much. So if I figure out the details and I can automate them, then I don't have to worry about dropping the ball on them because inevitably I'm going to miss details here and there. So, you know, it, it, it really helps me as kind of a coping mechanism, if you will. And that's one thing I realized that I've kind of taken for granted, uh, you know, as I started talking to other creators and figuring out what they weren't doing that I could do well. So that's kind of where that came from. Especially with ADHD, does it help with just kind of staying in the flow? Like what is the, what, what are your experiences with that? It definitely does. Um, and so as someone whose interests tend toward the, the technical and the, the engineering part of it, if I'm working on kind of the automation piece, I can really find myself getting interested in some of the details that I would otherwise have troubles with, right? Um, so kind of the, the fact that I, I start framing things in terms of automation, that's really like where my interest lies. So I, I'm able to kind of wrap the uninteresting things inside of the interesting things and ensure that they get done that way. When are you planning to release Supercharge Your Time? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a four-week cohort-based course. Um, the first uh, live session is actually going to be on Sunday. So we're, we're kind of jumping into it pretty soon here um, and really just seeing how it goes. So, you know, this is my first cohort-based course. Uh, but I, I was able to get interest from, from other creators and from, you know, people who kind of own small businesses and I've, I've got kind of a wide variety. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see, uh, how it goes because yeah, it's, uh, it's getting closer. It's, you know, kind of an exciting time, but, uh, in the end, we just have to kind of see how things work out. And then which, uh, cohort based platform are you using? So I, I'm using super, uh, super.fans, um, and it's not really a cohort-based course platform uh, in and of itself. It's more of a creator-focused platform. Uh, so Fernando, the CEO and founder of Super, really wants to be able to give creators ways to um, build out their fan bases and create meaningful experiences with them. And as part of that, you know, I, I've been working with them on, on a couple different, like, attempted projects and just, you know, trying out various ideas. And so when I mentioned that I had this idea for the cohort-based course, he said, yeah, let me help you with that. I think that's great. That's something we've looked into kind of modeling. Um, so I'm going to be kind of the, the first example of a cohort-based course on the platform. 
uh, which has been, you know, nice for me because I've had the support of Fernando and his team. So they've helped me like, uh, they, they, they built the landing page for me. They're, they're providing things like, um, you know, the, the enterprise level zoom. So I don't have to worry about that setup. They're taking care of that aspect, um, and really helping me on some of that, the, those operational pieces. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to work with Fernando and his team. They, they've been great through the process. So, um, being a new platform, you know, I do expect some hiccups here and there. Like we're, we're trying to get the community built out. That's the other aspect. You know, they've got kind of a uh, black uh, style community offered on their site. There's part of that. But, um, you know, all in all, I'm excited to see where it goes. So I also wanted to uh, talk about uh, Feather CRM. So this is the uh, this is the CRM that you have for social media. Could you just say a little bit more about what Feather CRM is and how it's useful for creators? Yeah, so um, it's really focused in on uh, Twitter specifically because that seems to be the one social platform that doesn't get a lot of love from like other CRM providers. And that's one of the things that I, I've noticed is missing from talking to people on Twitter who are you know, working on like building out their personal brands, their small businesses, you know, creators who are kind of involved in all aspects of that. One of the biggest benefits of Twitter is kind of this communication through direct messages, but Twitter doesn't offer much, if anything, really in the way of like managing those direct messages. So what I saw over and over again was that, um, you know, conversations were getting lost, you know, people were having a hard time keeping track of it, that people want to be able to kind of build out automations into their own workflows. And so... I, I saw that as an opportunity to start building because I'm, I'm super interested in Twitter as a platform. I think it's highly undervalued for most creators and most small businesses because of how powerful it can be. So I'm really hoping to provide a lot of the, those extra benefits. So right now, I just kind of started off with being able to send out multiple direct messages to uh, you know followers as needed. So the, for the first use case I implemented was actually being able to send out a direct message to all the people who had signed up as, you know, potential beta users for the platform. Um, and so being able to kind of send out multiple direct messages are the, uh, the, 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 the starting point. And the, the next step then is to start adding in searchable functionality over DMs, being able to kind of uh, manage that a little better. So I, you know, I think, Ultimately, the goal is to be able to kind of allow creators to kind of, uh, you know, tag their followers and following and that that's part of it, too. So that way, you know, if you're targeting a specific audience, you'll be able to kind of mark that audience and communicate with them more effectively. So that, that's kind of the overall uh, vision for it. And then, you know, I see down the line even offering like enterprise level and, and that sort of thing. So first attempt at a SaaS platform, but it's been fun so far. Oh, nice, nice. And I can see that being useful, especially as the number of followers grows. It seems like a great way of uh, just scaling up that relationship instead of instead of just sending out one message to everyone, you could figure out who each person is and and have some customization based on their categories. Yeah, definitely. And then the other uh, so in talking with a few users, one of the uh, uh, other things that came out were, were, were the ability to send kind of templated messages, right? So if you have a message that you can, you know, just click a button and send it out via DM to people who might be interested in what you're doing, um, you know, I think it's a big time saver. And again, kind of goes back to the whole idea of like, you know, automation and, and just making things a little bit easier uh, and, you know, taking full advantage of the time you've got available. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. So uh, another question I had was, what kind of uh, just lessons or insights do you have in general for creators? Just as a person who both is a creator himself and as well as working with creators, and you've had some experiences as well, starting businesses and uh, and learning from them. So I, are there any uh, specific insights and also uh, especially for people who are just starting out, like let's say people with zero followers. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is just to be willing to try things. Um, I can't tell you how many ideas that I've just thrown out just to see what sticks and, and you know, really let what happens kind of inform your decision as, as to where to go. So, um, you know, I, I've tried all sorts of different like products and communities and just ideas that I've tossed around, but then I don't, uh, I, I don't end up spending time on the things that, um, you know, I, I don't get any interest in. So, uh, but every time that I've tried something, I've learned something new from that process. So that, that's kind of been the great thing for me and just being part of, uh, you know, the whole ecosystem and, and seeing what people do. Like the hardest thing that, that I think people have is the just putting yourself out there. That, that's one of the hardest things to be able to do. And, um, you, you know, when you don't fully like kind of, uh, you know, if you're not willing to kind of make yourself vulnerable and you're not willing to put yourself out there, it's really hard to find success. Um, and, and, you know, like I, I've been, I've tried to be very transparent with um, especially the bad times instead of the good times. You know, I, I've, I, I've talked about, um, you know, struggling and you know, trying to do the whole startup route that, you know, ultimately didn't work. Um, and honestly, that's really what, what's helped me make some of the best relationships because I'm not just showing, you know, the, the good times, uh, look at these great numbers that we're putting up. Um, you know, it, it's really about just, you know, being honest, be, you know, willing to be vulnerable, uh, putting yourself out there and then trying what sticks or, or trying anything to kind of see what sticks rather. Um, uh, you know, I, I think the whole process of that is super valuable because it's something that I think a lot of us don't get. Uh, in day-to-day life, like that's kind of not how, uh, you know, things were, were taught to us growing up. You know, you're kind of taught to conform in school. You want to get, you know, get the high grades. You want to follow the right paths. Um, but, but being a creator is kind of by nature a very messy process. You've got to, you know, try all sorts of things. Most stuff probably isn't going to work. And if you're expecting to, uh, you know, succeed from the get-go, um, you're going to be disappointed. So it's really about, you know, showing up, iterating, and just, you know, as consistently putting yourself out there, being willing to be vulnerable. Yeah, no, totally. I I can totally see that. And I think, I mean, when, uh, I mean, for example, like you're mentioning that you have ADHD, as well as like some of the failures, I think all of that makes you look like a real person instead of just, a, just the a glossy image that's uh, with a screenshot of a, of a bank deposit or, I mean, those things are, you know, much less credible, I feel than like people, I mean, people want to learn from, from real people and real experiences. Yeah. And, and I will mention too, kind of the, it, it's kind of an interesting, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, I, I think the problem with social media as a whole is that, you know, the, the picture of the bank account and the Lamborghini tend to get you more followers. 
but the being honest, the being vulnerable, you know, being human won't get you followers as fast, but the followers that it gets you will be infinitely more valuable than the followers you get from the picture of the bank account. So it's, um, you know, very much a, a paradox of sorts, uh, because if you're trying to look at your, your social media following as, you know, the ultimate goal, um, you'll, you'll see by posting, you know, inflated pictures of the bank account or that Lamborghini, your followers will go up fast, but those won't be valuable followers. So it's really about, you know, getting the best quality of followers, not the most. Totally, t- totally agree. Now, also, I'm curious uh, about uh, how do you get all this stuff done and ship all the stuff with ADHD. So what do you have any, uh, it almost seems to be like, how do you use ADHD as a superpower almost to, to be able to still be able to accomplish things? So one of the, the weird things I found is that I almost have to make myself overly busy. I have to be doing like a ton of different things at once, or I don't get things done. Like I need that time pressure um, and kind of that, that it's like a forcing function to, to get me to do what needs done. So inevitably I, I kind of get down to crunch time. Um, but because it needs to be done, it, it just gets done. And that, that's kind of what I've learned how to do. Uh, and, you know, I, I do try to get a little bit done at, at a time. I, I try to make things kind of, uh, composable in, in nature as it were. So, uh, for example, for the course, instead of spending like a ton of time, like, building a super fancy like PowerPoint presentation with everything outlined. A lot of the stuff I've been doing as Twitter threads that I've then collected. And then I'm taking the information from that and putting those on the slides for the actual class. So it's like, you know, I, I, I've tried to use Twitter really as a way to just quickly throw ideas out there together, gather them up and then, you know, kind of repurpose that content in other ways. So, um, Every time I, you know, write something or, or I do something like that, it really helps me kind of refine the ideas and make it better, which then makes it faster to get out in, in the next format. So kind of doing that and then doing way too much all at the same time ends up usually uh, working out for me in the end. Nice, nice. Uh, I like those. If you're interested in signing up for Supercharger Time, uh, I'm offering... 25% off to listeners of the podcast. Just use the coupon code MIGHTY, superchargertime.com. Thanks. I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. Thanks, uh, Leo, for uh, spending the time with us. Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Mighty Creators. If you enjoyed this interview, please subscribe.